Wednesday, June the 10th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, America mourns George Floyd and Britain backtracks over schools reopening. First, the world in brief. Family and friends of George Floyd, the black man whose death at the hands of a white police officer sparked more than a fortnight of protests against racial injustice, gathered at a church in Houston for his funeral. The 46-year-old was remembered as a star student athlete and as a father. Joe Biden, the Democratic nominee for the presidency, spoke at the service via a recorded video message. President Donald Trump aired the suspicion that a 75-year-old protester who was hospitalised after being knocked to the ground by Buffalo police was an Antifa provocateur. Martin Gugino, the president tweeted, seemed to be trying to scan officers' equipment and exaggerated his fall. His theory appears to have come to Mr Trump via a reporter working for Russian state media. Authorities in Antwerp removed a statue of Belgium's King Leopold II after it was vandalised during anti-racism protests. Between 1885 and 1908, Leopold ran Congo as his fife. Millions are estimated to have been killed under his regime. In Britain, London's mayor announced a review of the capital's statues. On Sunday, protesters toppled a statue of Edward Colston, a slave trader in Bristol. The president of Burundi, Pierre Nkuzuriza, died of a heart attack. He was due to step down in August after 15 years in power, having decided not to contest last month's elections. He sparked riots when he announced he would stand for a third term of office in 2015. His rule was criticised for widespread human rights abuses. The French government unveiled a 15 billion euro, 17 billion dollar rescue plan for its aerospace industry, including loan guarantees and measures to protect jobs, as well as lending already promised to Air France. Meanwhile, Hong Kong's government will take a 6% stake in Cathay Pacific as part of a 5 billion dollar rescue package, IATA, the airline industry's global body, predicted the sector will lose $84 billion this year because of the pandemic. Britain's government backtracked on an earlier promise to get all children in England back to their primary schools before the end of term. Teachers had opposed the idea, arguing that it would have been impossible to maintain social distancing. Instead, schools will make their own judgments as to whether to admit more children than the few who were allowed to return last week. And Brazil's Supreme Court ordered the country's health ministry to recommence publishing COVID-19 data online. The government, which has been roundly panned for its handling of the outbreak, stopped releasing cumulative death and infection updates last week. The data were restored within hours of the court's ruling. Brazil's recorded daily death count is currently the world's highest. And now, here's today's agenda. Rethinking police work. Congress responds. How America's politicians will respond to public fury over the killing of George Floyd is becoming clearer. The House Judiciary Committee starts hearings today on police brutality and will listen to, among others, Felonis Floyd, Mr Floyd's brother. Earlier this week, the Democrats proposed a Justice in Policing Act that would ban officers from using chokeholds and make it easier to prosecute them for misconduct. It is a delicate moment for Democratic leaders. Donald Trump casts himself as a defender of law and order, He judges that middle-of-the-road voters care more about defending police departments than reforming them. Republicans, who control the Senate, are unlikely to pass strong police reforms, if any. Some on the left of the Democratic Party talk of defunding the police, which Joe Biden, the party's presidential nominee, opposes. But in the end, what politicians say in Washington may matter less than the changes individual cities and police departments enact. Long way up. 
America's Recovery Last week's unexpectedly strong jobs report suggests that America's economy has turned a corner at last. The unemployment rate fell to 13.3% from a post-1930s record of 14.7% as the economy added 2.5 million jobs in May. The Federal Reserve, which is meeting today and will issue an update on the economy, can take some credit for the turnaround. At the start of the pandemic in March, it acted decisively, cutting interest rates and offering plenty of liquidity to the financial system and real economy. But there is little chance today that the Fed will say job done, or even hint that monetary policy will tighten before long. Instead, expect further promises of help if required. Employment remains 20 million lower than it was just before the pandemic hit, and GDP is far lower. For now, the economy needs all the help it can get. Free roaming. Samsung's boss. Lee Jae-yong, the de facto boss of South Korea's biggest conglomerate, was spared a fresh stint in police custody this week when a judge in Seoul declined to issue a warrant for his arrest. But even though Mr. Lee remains free for now, he and Samsung are not out of the woods. Prosecutors have requested the warrant as part of a probe into allegations that Mr. Lee manipulated share prices and violated auditing rules to facilitate a merger of two Samsung affiliates in 2015, which cemented his control over the group. Mr. Lee and Samsung deny any wrongdoing. He may be indicted on the charges later this month, along with two other Samsung executives. He also faces a retrial in a related bribery case which has landed him behind bars once before. Both cases are likely to drag on well into next year. If convicted, Mr. Lee faces several years more in prison and Samsung several more years of uncertainty. Reality Bites Turkey's jobless rate set to rise. The pandemic has dented Turkey's economy, but not all its data show this yet. GDP in the first three months of 2020 was 4.5% higher than a year earlier, and the latest available unemployment rate for February was 13.6, slightly lower than the previous month. Statistics released today showing unemployment figures for March will more closely resemble reality. To soften the blow to households, the government has banned companies from sacking workers until October and offered those forced to take unpaid leave an allowance of just over $170 a month. It has also eased credit, lowering the benchmark interest rate and using state-owned banks to flood the market with cheap loans. This will help mitigate the coming recession, but at the expense of an already bruised lira, which has lost nearly 13% of its value against the dollar this year. Even with these measures, unemployment may yet soar to a new high. City Blues – Financing in Football In 2008, Sheikh Mansour and Abu Dhabi Royal bought Manchester City, a lamentably unsuccessful English football team. It has since won England's Premier League four times. Yet that counts as an underachievement. Since the takeover, City's net transfer spend, the difference between player purchases and sales, is £1.2 billion, $1.5 billion, £422 million more than Manchester United, England's second most extravagant club. But in February, UEFA, football's governing body in Europe, ruled that in 2012-2016, City breached financial fair play rules, which bar clubs from spending much more than they earn. Among other things, UEFA says Etihad Airways, Abu Dhabi's state-owned airline, paid vastly above market value to sponsor the club. UEFA barred City from the prestigious Champions League for two seasons, the harshest punishment it has given. Today, the club which denies misconduct concludes its appeal at the Court of Arbitration for Sport. At stake is its reputation and perhaps £200 million in revenue. Expect the verdict in July. 
finally, here's the quote of the day from Saul Bellow, who was born on this day in 1915. Any artist should be grateful for a naive grace which puts him beyond the need to reason elaborately. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.